of Isaiah chapter 2. Let's go back over there. Isaiah chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say thank you to all of our flight leaders who over the last eight weeks took care of all of our guests welcoming and all that kind of good stuff and uh, introduce you to their ministries. And again, everybody needs to make sure you're part of one of those flight teams so we can uh, be ready for the campaign that's coming up uh, here in the next couple weeks. We'll get started with that. Man, Isaiah 2, verse 1 through 3 reads this way. It says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He said, verse 2, now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of, of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. Why? For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Praise God. Verse 2 again says that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. We're talking about the year of the Lord's house, the year of the Lord's house. This is part two of that. Father God, thank you today for giving us opportunity now to spend this time in the word. I pray, Father, that, Lord, you continue the flow that we're already in to minister. I pray that you give me utterance, Father, today to minister, Lord, uh, from your throne, through my heart and out of my mouth into the hearts of your people, that which you have for us to hear today. I thank you that we have hearing ears, seeing eyes, and receiving hearts. They are all because of your goodness and your hand upon our lives. So let us receive the word of God today. And God will obey and operate in that which you speak, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, praise the Lord. The year of the Lord's house. Well, this is 5782. We're, we just celebrated on Wednesday night uh, Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, amen. And we just like to say Shana Tova, which means have a good year. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. And so uh, just, I want to just run through this review very quickly. Hopefully I, hopefully I can give you a little bit more of what we need to get into today. Uh, I told you in 2018 what God told me, prophetically said, every prophecy we've ever heard is for now. Every word we will ever hear is for now, right? And so what I said was, Wednesday, was that, that has moved the church into a perpetual season of fulfillment and acceleration, okay? That means, in fact, God told me this in 2018 as well. He said, Stop saying, I'm about to do, and start saying, I'm doing. Not about me, us, about him. Because what's happened in the church is we spent so many years, even in the latter years, saying what God is about to do. And people get hyped. God is about to do it. God is about to move. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. God is about to move. Well, that, that's wonderful for then, but now God's saying, I'm not about to move. I am moving. Present, perfect tense. I am moving right now. Got it? Okay. So we're, we're, that means you and I have to be in sync with God. That God can't be in the now and us in the about to. God can't be in the moving right now and we're still thinking about God's about to do something or going to do something years down the road. No, God is saying right now I am moving. And thank you, Holy Spirit. And the challenge is for us as believers is to not allow ourselves to get caught up in what the devil is doing and talk about what God is about to do and miss what God is doing right now. Oh, the devil is busy, but God is busier. God is moving 
in the midst of his people. Can you say amen? amen. All right, now, I talked to you again Wednesday night about uh, how we came out of, out of the 5770s, and I gave you this Hebrew uh, letter, ayin, and it is the picture of eyes. Y'all remember that? And so it was a decade, we said, the 5770s of revelation, of seeing, of spiritual insight. And so through the, what we call the 2010s in, in, our, in our Gregorian calendar, 2010s through 2019, a decade of, of revelation, a decade of seeing things, a decade where God was giving us spiritual insight in, into, thing, into things. In fact, right at the beginning of the, that whole thing, 2010, is when God gave me the revelation of the kingdom of God. And I told you how when that happened, I had a brand new Bible in front of me, meaning that I began to see things in the word of God that I had not seen in the previous, my whole previous life, my whole previous experience as a child of God as, or even as a minister. So when God gives you revelation, you begin to see things differently. You begin to see things other people cannot see. They come through divine revelation. How do you know? Jesus said, he said to the, to the disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you are John the Baptist or Elias or, or, or Jeremiah or whatever. And he said, but who do you say I am? Peter said, we say, I say you are the Christ, the son of the, of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So there's a divine revelation. I'm going too fast, aren't I? I'm trying to, trying to redeem some time. Uh, there's a divine revelation that comes from God that allows only his people to see things. So what we see as prophetic seers, the world cannot see. And unfortunately, there are many people, even the body of Christ, who are not prophetic. And they can't see what you as God's prophetic people can see. Pastor, you said we're prophetic? Yes. If you're in this church, I said if you're in this church and you're properly aligned with a prophet, a, a string, a line of prophets, then you are a prophetic people. Whether you carry a title or have a business card or not, you are a prophetic people. That's why you have dreams and visions and you see things that other people can't see. Because you are in a prophetic house and that makes you a prophetic people. You got it? So then we move into what now, what is now 5780s or the, for in the Gregorian calendar, the 2020s. And so we're in the, the decade of pay, P-E-Y. And that symbol that I gave you for that, it's a picture of a mouth. And that's the actual Hebrew letter, pay. These are all Hebrew letters. But as I told you Wednesday night, for those of you who may not have been here, every letter, I was about to say every letter makes a sound. Every letter has meaning. Every letter has meaning. Every letter has, has definition. Every letter has description. Every letter is a picture. Every letter has numerical value. Every letter, has, every jot and tittle, every cross, every dot of every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a meaning. 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. No vowels, all consonants. Got it? But every letter is a picture of something. So this letter, pay, is a picture. It pictures a mouth. It pictures us speaking. So we went from a decade of revelation and spiritual insight now to a decade of declaration and spiritual authority. Y'all remember that? Spiritual authority. Where now you and I who were seers and we still, see, we still are seers, now seers become speakers. Are you hearing that? Prophets see. They don't just hear. Prophets see something. Jeremiah, what do you see? I see the bud, the rod of an almond tree. 
You have seen well, for I'm ready to perform my word. Remember that, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12? I will hasten the King James before my word. Okay? So we are in now a declaration decade, a speaking decade. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We have the keys of the kingdom. Remember, I just told what God, Jesus said to Peter about, you know, you've seen, you know, what, what, what my father revealed this to you, right? My father in heaven has revealed this to you. Matthew 16, right? Then he went on to say after that, he said, and behold, Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, now how do you bind? With your mouth. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose, how do you loose? With your mouth. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So we have binding and loosing authority. It's speaking authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you have to have had a revelation first. Revelation comes before authority. If you're in the military, if you're in a job, you don't release somebody with authority who don't, who they, they don't yet see how the, how the company runs. You don't give somebody authority who they don't see things your way. So revelation comes first, then declaration. Revelation, then authority to speak. Y'all got it? Romans 4, right around verse 17, this is where Abraham is talking about Abraham, and it says, talking about God, it says, God who gives life to the dead, and he calls things that be not as though they were. Things that do not exist as though they did. So God calls things into existence. So you and I have been given that same delegated authority now in the earth to call things into existence. That's the period of time frame we're living in right now. Can you say a big amen? amen. All right, so see or speak and then speakers see. That's good. See or speak and then speakers see. Psalm 81 verse 10 in the Passion translation. I'm going fast because this is just review here. When the Lord said in Psalm 81 verse 10, he said, put that up on the screen for me, please, in the Passion translation. He said, open your mouth with a mighty decree, and I'll fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak. So shall it be. Y'all remember that? Open your mouth with a what? The words, he says, I will fulfill it now. You'll see. So you open your mouth, and then what you decree, you will see it. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, open your mouth. Closed mouths don't get fed. Y'all understand how that works? Open your mouth. That means you can't let, let folk run over you, talk over you, put you down. Open your mouth. Now, in the authority realm here, we're meant to open our mouths. That means don't just see things going on in this world but, and don't say anything. When you ride by a place of ill repute, open your mouth and cancel it, curse it. Hallelujah. People are trying to cancel the church, cancel you, cancel you because you have an opinion that's different than, than theirs. They don't understand it's not our opinion. We're going by the word of God. Don't let them cancel you. Open your mouth. You cancel them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We were, we were praying a couple of Wednesdays ago. And I, was, I, I taught on imprecatory prayers, prayers of imprecation. That means those prayers that we pray that we're not asking God to help somebody. We're asking God slaughter them. Take them out. You can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. The Psalms are full of imprecatory prayers. You say, God, bust them in the mouth. Slay the enemy. Slay the wicked. 
pull them down, tear them down. Let their, let, let their wives be without husbands and their children be without fathers. Those are the kind of prayers that you see in the book of Psalms. Psalms isn't all sweet and lovey-dovey and, you know, Lord, stop by here when you get a chance. No, no, sometimes the Lord stop by and knock my enemy out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Knock my enemy out. And we just say, get some J. Not J, it's some J. Get some justice. Get some justice. All right, now, glory to God. Now, let me go to Psalm number 83 real quick, King James, because I want to show you what, what's been happening. I'm going to give you this real quick. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because I told you in 2019, Rosh Hashanah, I said God is about to bring voices, clean voices to the forefront. Remember that. The voice of those who have purpose in their hearts to serve him. Did y'all catch what I just said? I know I'm talking fast, but okay. So what happened, 2020 hit, and the devil had a plan to stop those voices. So that's where this whole COVID plan demonic comes from, to stop the voice in the house of God. So let's look at Psalm 83 real quick, Psalm 83 verse 1. Keep not thou silence, O God, hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. This is one of those imprecatory prayers here. <laughs> Just so happened. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, or, to, or some noise, they're making noise. They're marching, they they ranting and raving against you, Lord. And they that hate thee have lifted up the head. In other words, they've risen up in pride and arrogance. Verse, verse 3, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. Keep going. They have said, let us come, I'm sorry, they have said come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the nation of Israel or God's people, I'll show you that here today hopefully, may be no more in remembrance. So they're against God's people. Are we God's people? Yes. Yeah, so we can just resolve that now. They're against God's people. Look at verse 5. Verse 5. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. They form a confederation. They, they have cooperated now, come together against God. That's what's happening right now. That's, I told my wife the other day, yesterday I said, boy, you, they're moving fast. They're moving fast. They're coming after us fast and hard. You think it's just about a vaccine mandate, baby? It's more than just a vaccine mandate. They're coming at us fast and hard. That's why I'm trying to give you all the tools that you need because you want to make some decisions in the, in, by faith and stand with God as your strong tower. Y'all better hear me real quick. They are coming fast and hard against you Christians. All right, now, what's behind all that? Verse 12. Verse 12, who said, when they came together in their confederation, who said, this is what they're saying, let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. So they're after the houses of God. One, the physical houses, all the valuable land. I gave you that in some other, some other uh, translations, right, Wednesday night. All the valuable land. Churches sit on, on the most valuable land in the world. Always, always but also houses. Do you not know you are the temple of the living God? You are God's houses. He dwells in you. So they're trying to take you in possession. Y'all got this? How many Christians do I have here? I mean real born-again believers. Okay, you're on the devil's hit list. 
but I have news for him. He's on God's hit list. Amen. As I told you Wednesday night, you can't, you can't mess with God and God's stuff and not reap the, the repercussions of that. Remember I gave you in Daniel 5 about Belshazzar, the king? Belshazzar decided he's going to drink the vessels out of God's house. All drunk. They drunken, worshiping idols, gold and silver and everything, drinking out of God's vessels in, uh, from God's house in their little orgy field parties and everything. And all of a sudden the hand of God came through. And he began to write on the walls, Mene, Mene, tickle uh, you farcent. You've been weighed in the balance and you've been found wanting. And what happened, the Bible says, that same night, that same night Belshazzar was slain. He died. He died. Because you can't mess with God or his stuff or his people. Come here, come here, Haman. Let me, let me ask Haman in the book of Esther. Esther, in the book of Esther, Haman had a whole plan to destroy all of God's people. But just like, oh man, God always worked out for his people in the ninth chapter of Esther, everything was turned around that what Haman had planned, what the devil had planned to use to destroy God's people, God flipped the script and it was used to destroy Haman and all his sons. You can't mess with God's house and you can't mess with God's people and God sit back and do nothing. If, if Stephen hadn't said, Lord, forgive them, when Stephen was being stoned in the seventh chapter of Acts, the Bible says he looked up and saw Jesus Christ standing. Now, the Bible tells us Jesus Christ always sits, but when Stephen was, be, was being stoned, Jesus stood up. Hey, hey, why? Why he stand up? He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of angel armies. They about to come on there and get some justice for Stephen. But Stephen said, no, 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 forgive them. If Stephen hadn't said forgive them, a whole host of angels will have come down and slain every one of those wicked men. If Jesus hadn't said, Father, forgive them, Father, no, not, not what they do. Remember, he said, I could call a whole legion of angels right now. You can't mess with God, his people, or his stuff. And then you're going to sit there and be quiet. Ask your neighbor, whose side are you leaning on? Tell him, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm on the Lord's side. You better stay on the Lord's side. Now, now let's show you something else here. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is, again, the decade of pay. Pay. P-E-Y. Right? Now, 5782, there's two letters involved. Pay and then bait. Bait is spelled B-E-T. Bait. Another letter here. That's and bait has a, the numerical value of two. So in Hebrew, you would see pay bait. You got it? Y'all know the B E T. <laughs> but it's pronounced bait. Okay? Now what I want to show you here is if the media will put this, put the pay back up on the screen for me. I'm going to show you something about pay. Put the, the, the other one. I gave you another one for pay. That one. Okay. Now, see the pay? Now, there are three Hebrew letters that are hidden in pay. Now, see that? So, you see on the left hand, the Hebrew word yod, or the, the letter rather, yod, Y-O-D. Remember we had yod? That was the last decade, yod. Now, yod is the Hebrew picture of hand. So, you see yod, it's hand. Hand or the hand of God. 
you see on the bottom here is the Hebrew letter, and it, the Hebrew letter calf looks like this. Look, y'all looking at me? Like that. Okay, so it starts at the bottom and goes up like that. Okay, so you see it's the, the letter calf, K-A-F, which is the Hebrew letter. It's, it means palm, P-A-L-M. Palm. Palm. But hidden inside of pay is the Hebrew letter bait. You see how they extracted it? Now keep that up there for just a moment. Bait. Now that word, that letter bait, now you know the Hebrew alphabet, right? No, you don't. You don't I don't know. The first one is Aleph. 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, 22 consonants, right? When you read uh, Psalm 119, it's broken up into all, it's, it's, it's an acrostic. Even, even Proverbs 31 is an acrostic. There are several psalms there are acrostics. In other words, each letter starts another section of the psalm or even Proverbs 31. You got it? Okay. So, so the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph, A-L-E-P-H. The second letter is Bet, B-E-T. What's interesting because God normally works like that all the way through the word. But in the Bible, the first letter in the Bible is bait, not aleph. That's interesting because God, that's kind of weird. What's the first word in the Hebrew Bible? In the Hebrew Bible. First word. I'm talking to all my Bible school students. The first word in the Hebrew Bible. It's Bereshith. All my Bible students. Have y'all started your lesson yet? Okay. It's Bereshith, which means beginning. So the Hebrew Bible doesn't say in the beginning, God. It says beginning. In fact, it's, it's, this, it's three words. Psalm 1-1, uh, uh, not Psalm, Genesis 1-1, the very first part of it. It's Beresheth, Elohim, bara. Remember the word bara? Yes. All my students, y'all know bara. Bara, which means to make or to create something out of nothing. Y'all been studying, y'all been studying, uh-huh. Y'all been studying. All right, so Beresheth, Elohim, bara, beginning God created. Okay? All right, now, so put that letter back up from again, that pay again with all the morphology on it. Now, that word, that letter bait is depicted, that means house. House. H-O-U-S-E, house. House. Remember what I gave you now. Bait is house, right? Pay is mouth. Calf is what? Palm. Yod is what? Hand. Now, it's interesting that in, now the value of, is this, this boring, y'all? I, I, I'll get deeper Wednesday, but this is, 
the, the value of pay is what? 80. 80. The value of bait is 2. So we're at 57, 82. See, God doesn't, God doesn't just do everything with God is calculated. God is a God of order. That's why you can't believe these folk who said, well, the Big Bang and uh, evolution. God is very, extremely calculated to the most minute detail. Okay? Now, within pay, with the hidden bait and the hidden yard and the hidden palm or, or calf, the value of calf, K-A-F, is 20. So all the 80s, calf is at the bottom, right? Calf is at the bottom. Calf is holding up something within there. It, so it's holding the bait, which is two. So we're about to hit 22. That's just the way it works. See, man, people think they're in control. <laughs> God is in control. You know, you know, your Bible says in Psalm 139, it says um, that all my days were written before I ever lived one of them. Psalm 139, all my days were written before I, I lived, some translations say before I lived my first, before I breathed my first breath. All my days were written. That means God, your whole life is scripted. Now, let me help somebody. Well, I don't want my life to go like this. Neither did God. You got off script. You, we, you understand? That's what happened to us. We got off script. If, our, if, we had, if we had lived from the beginning according to the script, oh man, it'd be all shady. So you got that? So all my days are written before there were one of them. Y'all find that verse, Psalm 139, that might be around verse 11, 16, somewhere there. Verse 16, Psalm 139, verse 16. 139, 16. 139. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. You got it? So before I live any day, before I breathe my first breath, some translations say, all my days are written in your book. Now, that's my book. And your book, and your book, and I mean, I'm sorry, his, his book, but all of our days. Your days, my days, your days. So that means for all of human existence, he has a script. We learn, I'm going to test the Bible class again. We learn from a verse in the book of Genesis, God's plan for redemption. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Come here, come here, let me... I'm thinking of my student. Let me, let me, let me, let me. 315. Look at you. Look at you. All right. Okay. Glory to God. So God planned all this out from the beginning. All the days. So these little numbers and these little um, uh, jots and tittles, these little letters, they have meaning to them. God has scripted all this stuff. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Give me Psalm 33 and verse 4. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 33, verse 4. Hallelujah. Y'all catch this here. 
Verse, verse 4. The word of the Lord is what? Right. Y'all read on the screen. And all his work is done in what? Keep going, please. Keep going. I'm, I'm going all, all, the, all the way through verse 10. Keep going. Keep going. Come on. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the what? Keep going. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were and all the hosts of them by the breath of his pay. If you see it, it's pay, okay? He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays, lays up the deep in what? Keep going, please. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Keep going. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and what? It's verse 10, the Lord brings the counsel, come on, and he makes the plans. Verse 11, verse 11, here we go. Verse 11, verse 11, oh God. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart. So God has always had plans. Now go back to verse, verse 10. Go back to verse 10. Because the devil thinks that he's, these plans he's making are going to prevail over us. But it says he brings the council. Remember, they counsel together. They confederate together. He brings their counsel to nothing. He makes all their plans of no effect. So don't be worried and don't be, don't be stressed out. Don't be anxious about what the devil's doing right now. He's going to crush all of it. It's been judged. But you've got to be in the house. Because look at verse 11. Verse 11 again says it again. Verse 11. The count of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. So his plans will trump, supersede the plans of the wicked. Give me, give me a few more minutes, please. Because I want to I give you a little more of this here. Now put that pay back up there, that pay with all the letters, hidden letters in there. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Is this helping anybody here? So we see the pay. We see, now what, what does pay mean? Mouth. Mouth. Okay. But within pay, this decade, that's the decade we're in. There are three letters that are hidden there. We see Yod, which means what? We see Kath, which means what? And we see Bait, which means what? Now, this house is the house of the Lord. It's God's people. So what I want you to know that in this decade of attack, this decade of persecution, this decade of cancellation, this decade of, 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 of anti-church rhetoric, anti-church movement, God is holding his house in the palm of his hand. In this decade, don't fear, God in the palm of his hand is holding his house, thus saith the Lord. You didn't catch it. God is holding his house, his bait, in the calf of his yard, thus saith, pay the Lord. You'll catch this by next Tuesday. Tell your neighbor, you got to stay in the house. Put up Isaiah 49, verse 13. Isaiah 49. Oh, Lord, we're in the book. 
Isaiah 49. Oh, man. Help me out one more time. Tell somebody, you better stay in the house. Because, see, I mean, if, if, if a storm is coming on the road, your mom will tell you, boy, get in this house. Okay, y'all parents didn't do that. When the street lights came on and Naki Saki was down the street, my parents say, boy, you better get in this house. Some of y'all don't know nothing about Nagasaki. Be glad you never heard of Nagasaki. Nagasaki, the, the little green men, the little the Mennonites. The Mennonites come and get you. Y'all know him as the boogeyman and all that kind of stuff. Y'all, them little green people come and get you, boy. Get in his house. Well, what they were saying was, you are safe in the house. That's why we call this the sanctuary. There's safety in the sanctuary. See, what the devil has done is he's used his cunning ways to get God's people out of God's house where they are no longer safe. Oh, thank you. Oh, God. They were told by CNN. They were told by the FDA. They were told by the CDC that they're going to be most safe in their house. That's a trick of the enemy. No, the safety is in the Lord's house. And people have stayed home for 18 months trying to be safe and still got it. And they've, they've trained people to think that the church is the most unsafe. You can, now you, you can go to a football game and have 100,000 people sit up in a football game. You can go to a basketball game and 30,000 fans inside in a, in a stadium, but you can't go to a church with 100 people, 30 people. You can't go to Bible study with 10 people. Well, you can go with 10, just can't go with 11. Because that's unsafe. The devil has tricked folk, tricked pastors, so-called men of God, women of God. Why? Because they've not been prophetic. They've been natural. And so they've not even been following the movement of God and seeing what God is doing and seeing what God is saying. They've been preaching their cute little messages, their cute little soulless, cute little make you feel good, cute little thing that just, because everybody's, it, they, they, they preach the trending message and not even aware of what God is saying and doing now, which means they're definitely ignorant of Satan's devices. And Satan, through his devising, has gotten people out of the house. Oh, no, they're just not, not going to the physical church. You can't stop going to the physical church before long, and you're not out of the spiritual church. Y'all don't want to say that to me. Y'all, you ain't saying that. You can't, we, we used to say this in the 1970s in Sunday school. One week from church makes one week. One W-E-E-K makes one W-E-A-K. You can't stay away from God's house and now all of a sudden start getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And before, before you know it, now you're kind of backsliding and slipping and now, now the world's ideas kind of make a little more sense to you. And well, it's all right if I do that and it's all right if I go there and it's all right if I hang with this. It's all right if I say that. And all of, before you know it, now you whoop out the house and now when the hurricane comes down the street. 
Y'all, y'all ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got to say nothing. But in this decade of trial, this decade of tribulation, God said, I'm holding my people. I'm holding my house in the palm of my hand. Thus saith the Lord. Psalm, uh, Isaiah 49. Let me, give, me, give me a couple more minutes. Let me, let me try to get through this. Can I give you just two? Let me, this, let me give you two more passages. Isaiah 49, verse 13. Are you there? Ooh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know if you feel it, but the anointing is here right now. You may not have any clue, but the anointing is here right now. Because God is confirming his word right now to us. Somebody here needs to know that God is going to keep you. He's going to sustain you. If they say they're going to fire you, let them fire you. God's going to take care of you. God's going to watch over you. He's going to hold you up. He's going to hold you in the palm of his hands. He's going to support you. He's going to be there for you. He's not going to let you fall. He's going to say, baby, if they drop you, I got you. I got you. When my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Even if your mama and daddy left you. God said, baby, I got you, I got you, I got you. Tell your neighbor, God's got you, God's got you. Tell me you ain't got to worry about a thing. Tell me you ain't got to worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Let them say what they want to say. Let them do what they want to do. As long as you're in God's house. Isaiah 49, 13. Are y'all there? Watch what it says. Sing, O heavens. Be joyful, O earth. And break out in singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. That means he's, he's going to be good to you. Verse 14, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. Lord, what happened? What happened? I thought this was supposed to be the best year of my life. I thought this was going to be the year of turnarounds, the year of miracles. What happened, Lord? And they said, he's forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. And watch what God says. Y'all listen, lean, lean in, lean into that. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child or one that's on her breast? And not have compassion on the son of her womb? He said, now catch this, surely they may forget because a day will come when we be without natural affection when the love of men will wax cold he said they might forget yet I will not forget you see here's revelation see I said here's revelation see I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands your walls are continually before me. Your sons shall make haste 
Your destroyers and those who laid you shall go away from you. Lift up your eyes. Look around and see. All these gather together and come to you as I live, says the Lord. You shall surely clothe yourselves with them all as an ornament and bind them on you as a bride does. All those ones who've come against you, I'm going to make them come to you and bow down. All the ones who call themselves trying you and trying to cancel you, I'm going to make them come to you begging. Can you help me? Can you talk to me? Can you show me the way? Can you pray for me? Can you tell me about Jesus? Can you open a door for me? Can you tell, oh God. Don't get stressed out when they're tripping. Am I talking to the right church here? They are planning some, who, who is they, pastor? Governments, media, the oligarchs, the cobble of multimillionaires and billionaires, the, the, the technocrats. They're conspiring against the house of God. And against you. Because see, if they can get you out of society, they can have their way in everything they want. But God said, don't even fear. Don't, don't even worry about that. I got you. I got you. I got you. Isaiah 48, or 41. Isaiah 41. Glory to God. Are y'all being blessed so far? Isaiah 41. I'm almost through. I'm going to let you go here. Isaiah 41, hallelujah. hallelujah, verse 8 through verse 13. But you, Israel, now I'm, I'll prove it to you Wednesday night, we're part of Israel. Just, just take my word for it. But you, Israel, are my servant. Matter of fact, don't take my word for it. When you get home, read, read Ephesians chapter 2, the whole thing. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. Oh, y'all didn't. You're descendants of Abraham, my friend. Who? Thank you, Lord. When, when, when Saul and Jonathan died, King Saul, his son, the prince Jonathan, they died, and David became king as God had already foretold. David's going along and he remembers his friend, Jonathan. And he asked around the king, he said, is there anybody to whom I can show kindness for, for the sake of my friend, Jonathan? David remembered his friendship, his covenant with, with Jonathan. And he said, I got to find somebody I can be kind to because Jonathan and I had a friendship and a covenant. And God says, I'm looking at you even in 2021 and 2022 because I have a covenant of friendship with my servant, my friend Abraham. And I promise Abraham, I will bless him and his seed after him in, in their generation. Genesis 17 verse 7. I'll bless you and I'll bless your seed after you. I'll keep my covenant to you and I'll keep my covenant to your seed after you in their generation. Hallelujah. 
I like it. He said, but you are Israel, but you Israel are my servant, Jacob, Isaiah 41.8, whom I have chosen, the sinners of Abraham, my friend, my friend. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from his farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant, I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not. Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Now, we're talking about being held in his hands, right? I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will what? Uphold you. Can you see the yod? Can you see the calf upholding us with his righteous right hand? Behold. All those who were incensed against you, all those who rose up against you, all those who put those bad words in your Google review and on your Twitter page, and they came for you. You ain't saying for them, they came for you. They were incensed against you, they shall be ashamed. Well, Pastor, what I got to do? You ain't got to do nothing. God said, no, 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 baby. This is about vengeance and recompense. I got this. Matter of fact, I've been waiting all eternity for this. I set them up. I set y'all. I'm not catching this. God said, I set them up. I've always had a plan to destroy the wicked. Not sinners, to destroy the wicked. When God sent Moses to Pharaoh, he said, he said, Moses, I am sure that Pharaoh will not let you go. He said, but don't worry about it. It's part of the plan. It's a setup. God, this is what God said. God said about Pharaoh, I will harden his heart. That's what God said. I, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Well, God, are you trying to get us out? Why would you harden his heart? Oh, I'm going to get y'all out. But that's, that's the side story. I'm about to show my glory on him. I'm about to get some justice on him. I'm, got, I'm about to destroy him and all their gods. Every one of those plagues that they saw were, were retaliation against their worship of some particular god. So he hardened Pharaoh's heart every time. After the first plague, Pharaoh said, okay, I'll let y'all go. And all of a sudden, he changed his mind. You know why? God said, mm -mm, that ain't enough. I'm going to get him. Y'all better wake up to the, to the real God. Y'all better wake up to the real Jesus. He ain't no Hollywood Jesus. He's a, he's a real God. He is, he is the God of anger and wrath. Oh, he's a loving God, but he does have wrath. And so after the second, the second plague, Pharaoh said, okay, 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 okay. Y'all can go. He changed his mind. Why? God said, oh, I'm hard in his heart. That ain't enough. I got eight more gods I got to get. I got I to gotta knock all of them down. I got to prove to the world who's the real deal. I got to let Pharaoh know for all of 400 years they kept y'all in slavery. Because I got your friend in my face. Abraham, your friend, my friend is in my face. And we watching the show. 
Y'all got to see it. God was putting on a show. The tenth time God let the children of Israel. This boring, y'all. No. I'm watching this clock. The tenth time God, he let them go. Pharaoh let them go. He let them go. They were going through the Red, to the Red Sea on their way. He let them go. He had enough. His own son had died. He said, that's enough. That's it. Y'all go. But somewhere along the way, he changed his mind. Not on his own. God hardened his heart. He said, yeah, I killed all his gods, but I ain't done with him yet. I got I to gotta, I gotta bait him. I got to bait him. I got to bait. Uh, come on out here, Pharaoh. I wish y'all would catch it. Come on out here, Pharaoh. It's going to be the final showdown, Pharaoh. So what happens, Pharaoh comes behind him, and, but behind the children of Israel, Pharaoh thinks he has them all hedged in. We about to get them. Their God has failed. Our God's have failed. God said, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. He blew up in the Red Sea. The children of Israel start walking through the Red Sea. Come on, Pharaoh. Come on. Come on. Get him, Pharaoh. Get him, Pharaoh. You got him now, don't you? You got him. You got him. You got him. You got him. Boom. The children of Israel get through. Pharaoh's in the middle. And God says, got him. Why? He baited him to get himself glory. So what's happening, people who have been coming against the body of Christ, they've been baited right into God's trap. Behold, all those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall not be voted out. They're going to perish. They better hope they get voted out. Hope they get just lose the next election, lose what they better hope they just, you know, retire early or something. No, God said ain't enough. Mm -mm. No, you had the audacity to come up against my people. You've touched the apple of my eye. You've messed with my children. You've messed with the bride of my son. I'm, 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 I'm going to put this in the hood, hood vernacular. Who you think you is? I know y'all don't understand that in some neighborhoods, but who you think you is? Verse 12. Verse 12. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing as a non-existent thing. As a no in other words, there won't be a trace of them. Like they never were. Like they never were on this planet. Like they never were on this planet. People don't know who they messing with when you come against God's house. And maybe we don't know who we are. But we're getting a revelation of who we are, aren't we? Verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. God's going to help you. Fear not. Well, they threatening to fire us if we don't do this and do that, and they're threatening to let us go if we don't do this and do that. Fear not, I will help you. 
But Pastor, what am I supposed to do? Fear not. I will help you. I, I will help you. I'm going to show you the way. Put up um, you just this is just a side note here. You just make sure you do what's right. Put up put up Psalm 26, verse 1. Psalm 26, verse 1. Vindicate me, O Lord. For I have walked in my integrity. I've also trusted the Lord, I shall not slip. So you just make sure you do what's right. That, that applies in this situation. Somebody suing you, somebody coming against you, trying to bring a judgment or something against you, you just make sure you've done what's right. Somebody accusing you at, at the job or whatever, you make sure you do what's right. Walk in your integrity and God will vindicate you. You ain't got to fight your battle. We just sing a song, Be Still. <laughs> See, God's the God of vengeance and recompense. He's the God of vindication. And when you're vindicated, what vindicate means, it doesn't, doesn't just mean that, that he got vengeance. It means you're put back in the right place. You're proven right. People think you're wrong for coming to church. Wrong for serving God. Wrong for tithing. Wrong for not waving. Wrong for... God's going to vindicate you. He's going to prove you right. You ain't got to prove yourself right. God's going to take care of it. Why? Because you're, you're in his house. You're in his house. All right, I'm out of time. Y'all stand to your feet. My, 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 my. When's we get to Isaiah 2? But I think it's all right if we take our time just hitting this, right? I'd rather take our time and get it and to rush through it and miss it. And you're still floating through this next decade, this decade or this next year, worried. Hallelujah. Now let me say something to you. I sent this out, I think, yesterday. Some of you, you're facing these things about, you know, uh, your job and they're threatening to fire you and so forth or terminate your employment. First of all, uh, we sent out for everybody the religious exemption uh, application or how to get that, right? Through the church app. And now what's happening is some places are, because they're in on it, They've all confederated. They're trying to make it hard for people to, to take the religious exemption. First and foremost, what's being put out there by the resident is unconstitutional. He knows it. They all know it. That's, that's exactly why they're moving so fast. Nancy Belosi, who's one of his teammates, Speaker of the House, said it herself. She says, we do not have the right to mandate vaccines. They know, it, they know it's unconstitutional. They know it. But they're pushing it because most people don't know their rights. 
when you don't know your rights, it's just like in the kingdom. And when you don't know your kingdom rights, the devil can come up on you and whoop you all upside your head and take your health and take your life and take your joy and take your peace. And you're like, well, I just, you know, just, just, that's just life. Not when you're in the kingdom. You have rights. So you and I have rights, constitutional rights that God has, that have been given to us. In fact, this coming Friday, the 17th of this month, is Constitution Day. Just so happens. Now, here's the thing. If you get threatened about your job and you say, well, I'm going to quit, don't do that. Do not quit your job. They want you to quit your job. Because if you quit your job, you give up all your rights. To, to, to due process. So if they're going to, if they say, well, we're going to let you go, tell them, okay, just let me go. Because once they let you go, now you have legal recourse. You can fight. Now that's if you choose to. Because, again, from a, from a legal standpoint, I'm not anti-vaccination. I'm anti-mandate. Like I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-mask mandate. You can't, you shouldn't, because that's unconstitutional to force people. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I've learned to not eat chemicals. I don't put sweet law on sweetened tea. That's chemicals. I found a, you know, a blessing with a, an all-natural sweetener to put in there. Monk fruit, in case you want to know. Because well, I don't want to put chemicals in my body when I'm drinking tea. So I'm definitely, I don't want to put chemicals in my body in some jab you can put in my arm, into my bloodstream. So that's my personal stance on that. But what I'm saying, is, saying to you is, if that's what you and your doctor deem is right for you and you prayed about it and you got clearance from God, then by all means do it. But if you don't want to do that and your job is putting you in a spot, don't just walk away. Make them fire you. Because at the very least, you'll start out, you'll, you'll either get or fight for unemployment, which is going to cost them. They hate that. And then you'll have recourse in the court system. Because whether it goes to a local civil court or district courts, or state courts, or, the, or federal courts, or the Supreme Court of the, of the U.S., it's unconstitutional. It'll all be struck down, which means if they let you go and you're gone for a year and it gets to the Supreme Court, they got to pay you back for a whole year. Because it is unconstitutional. My point to you is don't be anxious. Don't let fear get in there. Because God already told us, I'm going to take care of you. Either way, I'm going to take care of you. Okay? All right, we'll get into this more on Wednesday night about the Lord, Lord's house. How many of you are glad you're in the Lord's house? Yeah. The 84th Psalm, I believe it's verse 4, says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. They will still be praising you. Blessed are those, that's it who dwell in your house, they will still be praising you. So let's dwell in the house.
People who are not, not in the house, they've lost their praise. <laughs> oh, no, I hear them praising. <laughs> it just ain't hit yet. But when you stay, you're going to still be praising him. Amen? Lord, thank you today for the word. Thank you for each person who's been a part of this time. I pray, Father, tremendous blessings upon each of your people that as we are dedicated to being in your house, not only in this physical building, the house, but also in the household of faith, we are part of your own household. We're not strangers and foreigners, but we are citizens, according to Ephesians 2, and part of your household. Hallelujah. No longer strangers from the covenants of promise, aliens to the to the, uh, to, the, to the covenants of Israel, Lord. But, Lord, we're part of the family. And so we're in your house and we have all the rights and privileges and expectations of being of those who live in your house. So I pray blessings upon these, your people, that we get stronger and stronger every day and that, God, we will not live with any anxiety, worry, care, any concern. But Lord, knowing that when we're in the house, Daddy takes care of everything. You are Abba Father, our Daddy God, and you take care of everything. We're under your watchful care. We're under your watchful eye. You are perfecting those things that concern us. As a good father, you know the things we have need of before we ask you. As a good father, you before we call, why were you calling? You're already answering. Thank you, Lord. And so we thank you that, God, we can rest in your presence and in your house. That each person today have a greater determination and commitment to walk with you and serve you and abide in your house. All the days of their lives, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Put those hands together.